0: Your host, Rodney Fisher of RFSportsRadio.com. I want to welcome everyone to our program. This is our daily morning show to get you guys caught up on all the sports headlines for the day, everything that happened overnight, that way you guys can have an intelligent sports conversation at work with your co workers, with your friends, and at the water cooler as well. Let's jump right into the show. I want to welcome everyone, and also remind you, you can follow me on Twitter by following at RF Sports Radio. That's twitter dot com slash RF Sports Radio. Find us online at RF Sports dot com. We're getting here live, twenty four seven sports talk from a fan's perspective. We've got a huge day of programming coming up for you guys. Let's jump into the sports headlines of the day. We got a lot to talk about, everything from March Madness to the Ivy League and Harvard, to tackle Woods, to the Miami Heat, trying to continue their streak in the different nuggets, what they did last night. Also, I got a huge point I want to make about Derrick Rose at the end of the show, so stick around for that. We may have some guests as well. Of course, you're more than welcome to be a guest also by calling us right now live, 323-927-2906. That's 323-927-2906. Or emailing the show at RF Sports radio Now, yesterday we finished our show talking about Tiger Woods and how I really felt like this season, this year, is going to be a huge year for Tiger Woods on the PGA Tour. He already has two wins. He's got a new girlfriend. He's not afraid. He's not running from the paparazzi. He's putting out his own photos. That way he can kind of keep some privacy. At least they have something to look at. And right now he's at Bay Hill, a tournament that he's won uh, seven times previously, going for an eighth win. And I told you guys yesterday I really felt good about his chances at Bay Hill, and he didn't disappoint yesterday either. Right now, Tiger's only four shots back of the lead, while shooting a 69, three under par yesterday, and he played well. He only had 28 putts in that first round, and and we all know when Tiger is putting well, he's unstoppable. He can't be beat. He just proved that in the Cadillac, uh tournament uh, just re- just a few weeks ago when he had that putting lesson from Steve Stricker, and now that putting lesson has carried over to Bay Hill. He's doing an excellent job. Now, his playing buddy, Justin Rose, was on fire yesterday. He had a 7 under 65 and really couldn't be beat. Uh, Rose did really good to try to keep up with Tiger. Of course, playing with Tiger, you want to play your best. But Rose did an excellent job on the course yesterday, and now he is first at 65, and Tiger only four shots back as well, too. But 28-plus, ladies and gentlemen, that is a good sign for Tiger Woods. I told you yesterday he's going to have a big year, and you're going to find out how big of a year he's going to have because I think he's going to win this tournament for the eighth time uh, on his, uh, his career. Now, I find an interesting fact about Tiger Woods. I don't know if you guys know this, but if he wins this Bay Hill tournament, he'll go back to his number one ranking in the world of golf, which he has the longest consecutive streak ranked at number one, He spent uh, 631 weeks at number one in the world of golf, 631 weeks and 631 weekends that all of us that went out there and played on the course and realized we're not better than Tiger Woods. (laughs) We're not even ranked. This guy's been ranked number one for that long, and now he'll get his number one ranking back by winning the Bay Hill tournament. So hats off to Tiger. Look for him. He's going to have a big weekend this year. That's my prediction going into the, Weekend here, Win Bay Hill, and we'll talk about that more on Monday. Let's jump into the big topic, of course, with the March Madness. How many of you guys stayed home yesterday? How many of you guys took an extra long lunch yesterday? Uh, if you did, you got a chance to see some really good action yesterday and see some upsets as well. One upset in particular we'll talk about even further, which will be Harvard. But well, let's go ahead and get you guys updated on the scores from the first day of the official Tournament of 64. Now, we all know that they have other tournaments. We all know that uh, they had some play-in games, things of that nature. But this is the real deal, tournament of 64. So let's jump right into it and go to a couple of scores before we get to the action from today. We had some scares as well, too. It, It wasn't really a good day for, let's say, three seeds. Now, what was funny was last year, it was the two seeds that had a problem. You know, you had some fifteens, B twos, but we had some tough times for our three seeds. And let's go through some of the scores from yesterday. You had number one Louisville, of course they ran ran shot over North Carolina AT. Told you guys that was gonna happen. Seventy nine to forty eight. Then you had Colorado State and Missouri, an eight nine matchup where Colorado State prevailed, eighty four to seventy two over Mizzou. Also Oregon uh, I guess you can call the upset a number twelve seed beating on Oklahoma State sixty-eight to fifty-five. The Oklahoma State team was a great team, but a very, very young team. Freshman freshman guard and market smart couldn't get it done. First time in the tournament in Oregon. Of course they won the Pac-Twelve tournament. They'd win sixty-eight to fifty five over Oklahoma State. Then you had the uh St. Louis team beating the Mexico State sixty four to forty-four. You had Memphis over Saint Mary's, fifty four to fifty two, a close game there. And a lot of people thought St. Mary's would have a chance to advance past the first round. Well, Memphis is a sixth seed, I guess proven correctly to be a sixth seed, beat the eleven seed Saint Mary's. You had Michigan State, the number three team, beating up on Valpo, sixty five to fifty four. You also had Gonzaga, a one seed in the West uh bracket, a one seed and a 16 seed almost going to the distance, only a six point difference in the game. Southern was able to put up 58 points, Gonzaga 64, and that's the closest that we've had a 16 seed and one seed game in about 17 years, I believe. Very, very close game. So now people are wondering does Gonzaga, everyone wondered, first of all, did they deserve that number one pick? But now. People are starting to see, well, Gonzaga may not be the team we all thought. They got a tough game going up against Wichita State. That's going to be tomorrow. Wichita State beat up on Pittsburgh, 73-55. to You also had Arizona over Belmont, 81-64. to People thought Belmont would do a little bit better job in the game. Also, you had uh, the uh, upset that everyone is talking about, and that's Harvard, the 14th seed, over the number three seed, New Mexico. Harvard, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Ivy League, Harvard. Now, this story is amazing to me because they lost three key players on a, believe it or not, academic scandal, if that even goes correctly, with Harvard. Some academic scandal, they lose three of their top players, and yet they come in, they beat New Mexico, a 14 seed over a three seed. Huge win for Harvard, huge win for the Ivy League as well. That's their first win in the NCAA tournament. The first win, and they didn't even have Jeremy Lynn on the roster. So, really, really good job for Harvard and their coaching staff to get that win. That was a huge, huge win, ladies and gentlemen. You, you, can't, you cannot downplay how big of a win that was. Speaking of big wins, BCU. BCU with Shaka, uh, Shaka Stewart, 88 42 over Akron. That's one of the biggest, biggest wins ever in the tournament. And BCU has come to play their fifth seed. But many people believe they'll make it to the Elite Eight. I think if they play like this, you never know they could make it to the Final Four again. You had Michigan over uh, South Dakota State, seventy-one to fifty-six, and also you had UNLV losing to California, sixty-four to sixty-one. A little bit of an upset there. People thought UNLV would be a much better team. You had Syracuse over Montana, eighty-one to thirty-four, Uh even bigger, <laughs> another big defeat. And then you had Butler over Bucknell, 68-56, to Marquette over Davidson, 59-58. to Very, very close game. I mentioned how rough it was for the three seeds. That's one of the roughest games for a three seed. They're outside of losing with Davidson. People thought with advance, people had them in their brackets to advance, but Marquette was able to squeak by Davidson, 59-58. to So now with the first day over, ladies and gentlemen, how does your bracket look now? You you may still have your top four teams in the Final Four, but how does your bracket look? I know you did not pick Harvard to go over New Mexico. If you pick Harvard to beat New Mexico, I've got two tickets for you to whatever local team you want to support. I want to see your bracket. I want to see you having a Harvard over New Mexico. Send me a a line at uh, rfsportsradio.com. I want to see that for myself, if that's the case. Let's take a quick break, guys. We'll come back. We'll jump into the NBA. We'll talk about the Miami Heat going to continue their streak to 25 straight. Uh, tonight, we'll also talk about the return of Kobe Bryant and Paul Gasol to the Lakers lineup and the Denver Nuggets squeaking by. Squeaking by to win 14 straight. You're listening to the headlines on rfsportsradio.com. Remember this number, 9 point eight that's not the time on the shot clock or the seconds left in the game it's not the number of times i will light you up nah 9.8 isn't any of that it's ounces and that makes this the lights of You're listening to the RF Sports Radio Network, the Real Fan Sports Network. And if you're a real fan of sports, then you're a real fan of the NFL. Join me, Scott King, Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, where we cover the NFL from the draft through the Super Bowl and even fantasy football. So join the conversation Monday nights at 9 p.m. on RF Sports Radio. This is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show. Do you have a business, a product, a service or a website and you need more customers? Advertise with the fastest growing internet sports radio show and market your business to sports fans worldwide. Don't miss a unique opportunity to capitalize on the biggest marketing genre in the world. Email me at radio at gmail.com. That's radio at gmail.com. We have options for Every budget, and don't let business pass you by. Our job is to make you better, to make all athletes better, one great innovation at a time. Athletic innovation isn't available just yet, but it's being built at Under Armour right now. I will. Everyone, two headlines with Rodney Fisher. I'm your host to get you guys caught up on all the sports headlines for today, this Friday. Thank God it is Friday. We have a esports weekend ahead of us. We got March Madness, but to sit around and eat chips and drink beer and watch. We also got NBA action. We got Tiger at Bay Hill. So much going on, ladies and gentlemen. So let's jump right into the NBA. The association last night only had three games. Uh, last night, which usually on Thursday is a pretty slow day for the association, the Trailblazers beat the Bulls 99 to 98. Pulling the course right now, 32 and 36, were looking to get into an eight spot, but they're still falling behind. They they really don't have a, a good chance. They got about as good of a chance as the Mavericks to making it to the A spot. Uh, you have the Seventy Sixers and the Nuggets. We're going to talk a little bit about this game. The Nuggets squeaked by the Seventy Sixers 101 to 100 and what many would assume is a wild finish to that game. If you didn't see it, let me just put it into a nutshell for you. You had Corey Brewer hitting a three with about uh, nine seconds, ten seconds left on the clock. Then you had a foul on uh, Corey Brewer ended up fouling someone, putting them on the free throw line. They go up. Now, Corey Brewer gets the ball on the inbounds. He gets fouled, taking a three-point shot. His three consecutive free throws with two seconds left on the clock to give them the one-point lead, and the Nuggets are able to hold on for the win over Philadelphia. A home game, a home crowd that was electric. They were ready to go. And Coral put on a show with 29 points for the Denver Nuggets. Now, with that said, the Nuggets now have won uh, 14 straight games, 14-game win streak. Many people have fell asleep on the Nuggets. I've been really, really Trying to pump them up as much as I could this season because I'm calling them the sleeper sale in Denver because I don't think any team wants to play this team first round of playoffs. Number one, it's hard enough as it is to go to Denver that change of altitude and play a series in Denver, and then you got to deal with a team that runs up and down the floor. You can make the argument that the Denver Nuggets are the most in shape team in the NBA. Just think about it. They score a lot of points on fast breaks. They run up and down the court and they run at that high altitude. Just imagine what happens when they go on the road and end up playing a team that, you know, is at a lower altitude that doesn't run as much. They can really run you out of the gym pretty quickly. And they have one of the best home records in the entire league. They're 31 and 3 at home for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. Because of that altitude, because of the way they play, they take full advantage of that. And George Carl has done an excellent job. With this Denver Nuggets team, he keeps bringing in talent, keeps bringing the new players and mixed with old players, and they're putting on a great, great product there in Denver. And they get a 14 straight win. If you're in the Western Conference, you might not want to even play this team. You want to avoid them as much as you can in the playoffs. This is team to avoid. Next, you got the Kings over the Timberwolves, 101 to 98. The Kings, of course, uh, they they had a very, very tumultuous season well, who will suffer from a lot of injuries. And they lose their game, of course, by three points. Let's jump into some of the action is going to be going on tonight. I'm going to start with the Miami Heat and their streak. Of course, they're going for 25 straight wins tonight. Now, the Heat, they will play the Pistons. And they have lost to the Pistons this season. Also, uh, the Heat have come back and beat the Pistons as well. This is a home game for the Heat. They also have a 30-3 home record the Pistons are god-awful on the road. They're 8-25 on the road. But, you know, with the Miami Heat, what they have to understand, what people have to understand, Heat fans have to understand, the more games that they win consecutively, the bigger it is for these other teams to knock them off the pedestal. They're going to want to give them their best effort every night because they want to be the team to stop the streak. And the Pistons are going to be that team as well, too. And Miami cannot fall asleep at the wheel like they did in Cleveland. They can't go down by 27 and expect to come back. Even though they came back on Cleveland, they cannot expect it to happen night in and night out because any given night in the NBA, you can lose. Any given night in the NBA, you can lose. So my question, everyone out there, I want you to think about today is that, is the streak really that important? Sure, we always want to rewrite the record books. Of course, with they get the 33-game streak. It'll be great. It'll be a great story. It'll be a great way for the team to be remembered. But how important is it? The thing is, I don't want the Miami Heat to lose sight of what the real goal is. The goal should not be to win 33 straight games this season. The goal this season is to try to put back, back-to-back back championships, win a title, start getting on that road to where you can make up for your promise of not five, not six, not seven, by at least getting two. All right, you have to focus on that this season. And I'm a little concerned that the coaching staff is putting much, a lot into it, Eric Spolstra and also Pat Riley as well, because if they didn't, if the streak wasn't that important to them, ladies and gentlemen, at 27 down in the second half, you would have taken some of your starters out and the rest of them. You know, you had a blowout like that, you would allow the second team to play a little bit more, see if you get back into the game. But they didn't do that. They came out there ready and trying to win that game. I'm just concerned that they're putting too much focus on the actual streak and not more focus on the championship, a very dangerous thing to do. Now, let's face it, they're not going to win 50 straight games or 45 straight games, which they would need, of course, to get to a title. They're going to have to lose eventually. You know, this is a game of runs. Basketball in any game is a game of runs. Basketball throughout any season is a game of runs as well, too. You Want to have a great win streak and get to the playoffs and get into a bad losing streak. So the question is should they lose a the game before the playoffs or should they go in with 33 straight wins? I want you guys' opinion. Email me at rfsportsradio.com at, or I'm sorry, rfsportsradio at gmail.com. Send me an email because I want to know your opinion, your fan perspective. Should the Miami Heat be so focused on the 33 games or should they switch their focus? To focus on winning a NBA title, I think it's a very important question to ask. Now, the LA Lakers, Lakers fans out there, they do have a game tonight, and they will get Kobe Bryant and Paul Gasol back. They're both planning to play. They play the Wizards. It's a home game for the Lakers. Good game for them to come back. Now, with that said, they are playing the Wizards. The Wizards are 24 and 43. They got a worse record than the Lakers. Not many teams do. Should they come back for this game? Should they rest again? Kobe, of course, is going to play. We saw him trying to play. Of course, after having the sprain the severe sprained ankle, that didn't go too well. Now he's coming back to play. Paul Gasol is coming back. And the biggest question mark for me is not about Kobe, but about Powell. How does he fit into this offense? Have they figured out how he's going to fit into this team? Now, Coach D'Antoni has said he wants to get Powell back into the starting lineup. But when is that going to happen? How is it going to happen? How is he going to get Powell and? Dwight Howard to coexist, two, one six, eleven, one seven foot. How are they going to exist together on the court? Now, Powell can't run up and down the court like uh, Dwight can, or when Dwight wants to, he can. But Powell is still a very, very good, good player to have on the elbow, to hit the jump shot, and he's a champion. He's won two championships in LA. He knows how to get it done. You want his. Leadership, you want power on the floor some kind of way because he is a matchup problem for a lot of teams. But Dan Tony now's gotta to figure out how to get power back in it. He's already figured out how to coexist with Kobe and Dwight. They've been winning games, they're getting they're finally over five hundred, they're in the A slot in the uh playoffs. He even had to figure out Dwight How and the Steve Nash, how they coexist, how they run the pick and roll. Now another wrench is being thrown in by inserting power back into the lineup. He's got to go back and figure this all out over again. How does Powell, Kobe, Dwight, Metta World Peace, and Steve Nash fit on the floor together? That's what they got to figure out. And I guess the sooner the better. I like them coming back early because they need to figure it out before getting into the playoffs. And the Kings a bit, uh, the Wizards, excuse me, be a good team to kind of try some different things around, run some offensive sets to try to figure out how can they get all five of these guys on the floor, because that's the starting five that you need the playoffs you need those guys on the floor for the playoffs quickly before we leave one quick point i want to make about derrick rose uh of course rose has been missing the entire season hasn't been able to do anything coming back from the injury that he had and i found it very interesting some comments that he made about coming back now we all heard of his brother came out and said hey you know derrick will come back when derrick's ready to come back he's not going to rush anything he may even sit out the whole season, a lot of hints around that. But then you had Rose coming out and saying, nobody knows when I come back but God. When a player says something like that, he is not he is not trying to come back pretty fast. <laughs> I mean, Derrick Rose is a huge competitor. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great uh, ambassador to this league. I had a chance to interview him several times. He's all been very, very cordial, a great interview, gives you what, you what you really want to know. Here's what his comments actually said. He said, nobody knows but God in terms of if he'll come back. And the question was phrased of, will he come back in time for the playoffs? He also says, it could be tomorrow, and I feel like I could play the next game. Well, which is it? Can you play the next game? Can you come back tomorrow, or are you going to wait for God to give you the sun? Other, other things he said, I really don't know right now. I don't want to place no percentage on it, but I just know that I'm close, and I'm taking every day serious at just becoming a professional. What happens if Derrick Rose comes back for the playoffs? Do the Bulls have a chance? Will he be in game shape by that time? He's a hell of an athlete. He is an explosive player, but I think he's concerned about how explosive he can be. He's really concerned, in my opinion, he can't be the explosive Derrick Rose he used to be. He can't bounce off of that leg like he used to. He can't run and slash and jump like he used to. He can get out on the court. He can play. But I just don't think he feels comfortable not being able to do some of the things he he could do in college and he could do during his first couple of seasons in the NBA. He's not that caliber player like he wants to be. And he wants as much time as possible to get to that point because when he comes back, he wants to come back with a vengeance. He wants to come back to rule the NBA, to be the king of the NBA. And I think he's not going to come back until he's ready to. I don't know if he'll come out from the playoffs. If he does, he won't be the player that he – we are accustomed to seeing. I don't know how helpful it will be for Chicago, but he will try to make an attempt. I hope he does. I hope he just comes back and just says, okay, I'm not explosive. I'm not, I can't do it. I'm going to wait. I'm going to come back when I'm ready to go. So we'll find out. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you guys to have a great weekend. Stay tuned for some great programming on RFSportsRadio.com, on RFSN, on TuneIn Radio. we got a whole list of shows lined up for you guys, so stay tuned for that. Until next time, until next week, have a safe weekend, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll see you next week on Headlines.